Hi, I'm Lowell. I'm Aiden. I'm David. And I'm Rebecca. And this is I Read the News Today. Oh boy. We are not journalists, pundits, or dental hygienists. But we do read the news. And we're here to talk about the shit that's going on. Today is April the 4th, 2020. And this week we are going to talk about some of the odd ways that people are coping with the coronavirus quarantine. As nearly everyone in the world knows, we're still very much indoors right now. We are joined today by my quarantine partner. I think the technical term is quarantine. A quarantine? How sweet. Quarantine. Oh, okay. Hi, I'm Rebecca, and I live with Lowell. For better or worse. Better or worse, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so we're going to be talking a little bit about the different things that people have started doing because they are trapped indoors. How's everybody doing, by the way, with, uh, with being trapped indoors? I'm doing great. I'm uh, uh, cooking a lot and going for lots of runs. I made my own locks the other day, which I ate on some bagels this morning and uh, feeling pretty good about it. Great. What about you, Aiden? I'm good. Uh, I don't think I've left my apartment since last Thursday. So it's been more than a week indoors. Have you been outside? (laughs) No, I, I have not been outside. You need some sunshine, man. I have a patio. That's not enough. You don't get sun in that courtyard. (laughs) Yeah, you do. You're going to come out the horrible white flesh blob. (laughs) I'm already a a horrible white flesh blob. I thought there were already plenty horrible white flesh blobs in the world. Do we need another? (laughs) I've long been a horrible white flesh blob. I guess he's grandfathered in. Yeah. Yeah. We could spend a long time as to what on earth Aiden is doing in his apartment. <laughs> I've been watching all of Avatar The Last Airbender with my girlfriend. A fantastic show. We're going to watch the final episode tonight. Oh. Bring Kleenex. How's, <laughs> how's this bald-headed boy going to get out of this jam? Will we ever get a payoff for the cabbages? <laughs> he turns out to be the kid who's holding the snow globe in which the entire world is taking place. Anyway, we are going to be talking about some things that other people are doing. Quickly, I, I do want to say, yes, coronavirus is still very much going on and it is getting worse and worse. And uh, as we said in the last episode, for more information, please look at the CDC's website or coronavirus.gov or uh, WHO's website. Did they scoop up coronavirus.gov? They did. Oh, I mean, that would have been dot, that would have been a good one to get right before this. .gov is, is generally reserved for government agencies, so they have full, full control over that. Did you say the WH Auden website? WHO. Auden? Oh, because I was going to say, the, I mean, the age of anxiety does feel fairly prescient nowadays. Uh, uh, yeah. That did not get the rousing. I, I don't uh, know what you're referring to, David. I'm sorry. I assumed you were going to tell us who that is. Uh, his masterwork, The Age of Anxiety. I don't know who W.H. Auden is. Famed poet. <laughs> know you nothing of your language? I literally am still learning how to read, so please don't put that pressure on me. Oh, certainly, certainly. You really like that joke. I do. Anyway... FEMA, F-E-M-A, has a part of their site dedicated to false information about coronavirus and trying to clarify that false information. So that's also a very good resource. That is excellent. I did a lot of research on on things that people are doing to keep themselves from being bored. This is a USA Today article for 100 things to do while stuck inside due to a pandemic by the USA Today life staff. This article was written by someone who has gone mad with trying to figure out what they're going to do for for the next few weeks. (laughs) I'll read you. First off, I found 
so many people recommending to get puzzles, and that's their first one here, very quickly they get very strange. And I will point you to number four. (laughs) Would someone like to read number four for me? Oh, I got it. So number four is text all your exes just in case you have one more thing you wanted to get off your chest. (laughs) Oof. It goes on to list, look at yourself in the mirror, attempt a self-portrait with pencil and paper, go viral in a good way by making a quarantine-themed TikTok, watch the Star Wars movie in this and only this order, Rogue One, Episode 4, Episode 5, Episode 2, Episode 3, Solo, Episode 6, Episode 7, Episode 8, and Episode 9, skipping Episode 1, but for some reason leaving Solo in. Which is odd. And... It it did recommend knit or crochet, which... I have started to do, yes. I now do cross-stitch. I downloaded a nice pattern to make some lovely, quirky, yet vile things to hang on our wall. Vile? Wonderful. Vile? There's what, what what is your, so that, One moment, yes. Can we just dig into what quirky <laughs> yet vile is? So it's a certain type of aesthetic that I've seen a lot within cross-stitch. I've seen a trend recently in a lot of cross-stitch different shops on Etsy. And I think it's that the medium of cross-stitch is so whimsical and fun and traditionally very kind that it's now very, very funny to see fuck shit get money as like a cross-stitch <laughs> embroidery pattern. Yes, that's... That, that is good. I respect this. I like this. My friend has a Nigel Thornberry cross stitch that says smashing on it, <laughs> which is great. I am a big fan of the podcast, My Brother, My Brother and Me. Um, no one else on this show is. No. As I think everyone on this call is. <laughs> I think that's very fair. Yes, yes. Uh, and uh, I am cro- I am cross stitching the Midnight Amendments from I think it's like uh, the earlier 200s episode, which is... Mm-hmm. Be cool, come on, nice. With cool. a nice flower pattern around it. Great, love it. Yeah. Love it. I thought that these two were, were particularly interesting. Try moving in super slow motion. It's okay to laugh at regular speed. Is this for an audience or just for you? <laughs> Try moving in super slow motion and someone watches you do it? No, and you're then alone they... in your apartment. You have nothing to do. Try just slow-moing your life. Now, it does say to la- to laugh in regular speed, but I'm wondering if we can maybe workshop for the people at home why they should do that. I would like us all to take an opportunity to try laughing in slow motion. Would I anyone- will go first. Oh, please do. Uh, uh, okay, quick, quick. Laughing uh, or crying? Laughing or crying? I was going to say, Lowell, yours is just a yawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who who wants to give it another shot? That's a no one. (laughs) I think we got it. I think we're good. I think I've got, I've got, I've got an interesting take. Oh, Oh, no. You want to try? Try it. Give it a shot. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) Merry Christmas. That sounded like Dracula pretending to be Santa. I was going to say, you come from the school of Santa Claus being orally pleasured. Oh, God, what? Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. The, the last tip that I, I'm going to go into on this, this article is learn old English words. Pepper them into your conversation. Wherefore not? Okay, okay, okay. Hold the goddamn <laughs> phone for one goddamn I minute. I wonder if anyone in this group has a problem no with this. Because that's no fucking old English word. I know. I was, I was intentionally triggering now you. Now wait. Hold your goddamn horses. 
Wherefore, that is that is classic early modern English. Thank you very much. Fifth, late 1500s, early 1600s. That ain't no old English. That's not even middle English. You want old English? Wow. Lowell, way to poke the linguist. I that's know. right. That's right. You want old English? Juanrod. <laughs> what the hell is that? That literally translates to Swan Road. Oh. And that is the old English term for ocean. So go ahead and pepper Swan that into your everyday Rod. speech. Say it again. Juanrod. Juanrod. Juan. 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 Like Juan. Juan. Rod. The long flat Juan, Juan Rod. Juan Rod. Uh, the, the H sound. It's not a J sound. It's an H sound at the beginning. Juan Rod. Yeah, get a little out of the out of. The, uh, you're getting. You're getting close. You're getting close. You're, you're still sounding mm. like. Um, still sounding more like Juan. You want Juan. Juan Rod. All right. You try at home. <laughs> this is our uh, try it at home segment that we're not doing. Would you like me to read you the opening passage of Beowulf? Please don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you just have that raring to go, David? I mean, I have the book lying around. I was just I was I was just reading through it because what are you doing with your quarantine? There's also a lot of free things that you can get that weren't free before. Playbill, for example, is letting people watch Broadway shows online for what? free. Yep. I didn't know that. Uh, recordings of Broadway shows that they have. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber is releasing his free streaming video of all of his OBCs in chronological oh. order. I believe he's starting with Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat coming out uh, at some point next week. HBO made a bunch of their uh, movies and shows free, but they excluded oh. Entourage. So there's like no reason to even try it. Still uh, still on this train, huh? Also, uh, if you guys have heard of Humble Bundle, which is a website that gives away games in nice themed bundles, there is a coronavirus relief bundle. Uh, a lot of games, uh, big hitter indie games, Super Meat Boy, mm -hmm. Psychonauts, Brutal Legend from Double Fine. Does it have that Flash game where you create a new disease and try to infect and kill the entire world? It's called Pandemic. It isn't a Flash game. It's an app. It's called Plague Inc. Plague Inc. Inc. Yes. Mm. Great game. I'm pretty sure I played it as a Flash game at one point. Oh, it might have existed as a flash game. Maybe. But uh, yeah, Humble Bundle is doing a lot of great stuff. And there's a lot of great indie game companies that are partnering up to then donate all the proceeds to uh, any kind of relief effort funds that are for folks on the front lines. All right. So, yeah, that's a lot of things that I've seen recommendations to do. I, I, I know that, Rebecca, you have some feelings about the recommendations to improve yourself during this time. Oh, my God. OK, so here here here's my thing. Um, I think a classic pillar of American socioeconomic just being is this idea that if you are not, especially with millennials, if you are not spending every single moment of your free time to do something that will either earn you money in the future, increase your sexual viability, increase your, I mean, yeah, like increase something to make you better than somebody else, then what the hell are you doing? And there's so many people that are saying, you know, with uh, brands or different, I've seen a lot of health folks uh, make cutesy little pun things about like Corona kick ass abs during this time of just like, Okay, I get that, you know, there's the argument that you want to be spending your time in a way that's, you know, not just sitting around being sad and miserable, but we're in the middle of a pandemic. Like, it's okay to mourn the life that you had before this. It's okay that you're not becoming, you're not learning Japanese and mm -hmm. also mastering embroidery and also finding 
I don't know, you're in finding peace with your inner being. I hope you mm-hmm. are doing that during this time, but it's not necessary. Um, and I think that's very classically American. I definitely think there is a balance between the two of, yeah, if you want to find something that you're wanna, you've are always wanted to try, but you didn't have the time to, sure. But don't beat yourself up if you're not getting abs or working on your squats or doing XYZ during this time. It's a very, it's a... It's an unprecedented time in everyone who's living right now. It's very scary. Yeah. Rebecca, I I 100% and totally agree with you. I think it's absolutely ridiculous that there are so many people trying to push people to be working through this national and global crisis. And I also find so many of them to be, frankly, particularly uncreative in their messaging. Uh, the, The website you mentioned earlier obviously should be calling it Corona Apps. So, <laughs> um, I won't, I won't specify who the different, I, I follow a lot of different, like, uh, fitness, like food, different, like, I guess some are more body positive focused. Some are just like, Hey, let me hawk my program to lose weight at you. And there's one thing to encourage somebody to spend their time to help them ease the fact that they're at home. And there's another thing to sell it. And I, I'll button this little thing. Part of my rant with this is I uh, saw a tweet. I can't remember who it was from, but uh, we need to understand that there's a distinction between working from home and working from home during a crisis, uh, which is what we're doing right now. Those are two very different things. And we need to be sensitive to that for folks right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you're exactly right. I think we all I know, you know, myself, I uh, am out of work, but I know there are Mm -hmm. for every person who's out of work, there are people who are still employed and doing their doing their very best. And especially for the people who I know who are working from home are putting in more hours and have more pressure put upon them than they might otherwise feel like when they were working from their office. On top Mm -hmm. of the fact, all this, all the other, you know, frustrating and stressful stuff that's going on. I think it's especially important to make sure people are are taking some time out for themselves. Both the people who are still employed, both, you know, whether you're unemployed, whether you're working from home or whether you're an essential service worker still going out into the world every day to make sure people are getting the essential services that they require. And so that's a great way for us to transition into what you were looking into, David, Uh, a a particular essential service. That's right. In fact, Lowell, let me redirect you back to your list of 100 things to do during quarantine, because I think you'll find Uh it's particularly related to number 22. Number 22. (laughs) Those goods. That's exactly right. So I came into this week. I wanted to look at what unusual services are still what unusual businesses or anything that's funny or kind of kooky that's still being considered an essential service. And frankly, I think the majority of states are doing a pretty good job at really kind of focusing down and just keeping the things that are still open, either businesses that serve getting people, you know, the food, uh, medicine and livelihood goods that they need or are helping with uh, either the transportation or the general public health sector. But the one business that has truly been causing, I think, a lot of very interesting rifts between states is this business that is very new and as the business of recreational marijuana. Mm -hmm. So there are uh, a number of states where recreational marijuana is illegal. I believe the number is 10 right now, 10 American states and two two. Oh, gosh, what's the technical term? Territories. Yes, thank you. So a very brief rundown. We've got Alaska, California, Colorado, Colorado, Illinois, Maine, Michigan, Nevada, Oregon, Vermont and Washington. It is legal to use marijuana recreationally. Yep. Do any of us live in any of those states? Yes. Oh, yes, we do. Yes. 
Colorado gets us. The best state in the country. Mm-hmm. That Wow. Uh, Colorado won you over really quickly, Rebecca. <laughs> you almost valjean Colorado. I... <laughs> Well, let me let me use this little story as a bit of a uh, as a bit of an understanding of what Colorado is and the kind of culture of the state that you guys find yourselves living in. So currently there are only as far as I've been able to discern three states which have closed their recreational marijuana dispensaries or services. It at one time was going to be four. Colorado was going to be that fourth state. Yeah. However, there was such when the governor of Colorado announced this. There was such an outpouring of vitriol that the ban was reversed on recreational marijuana sales in Colorado after several hours within the same yep. day. Yeah. I remember that happening. Yes, uh, Governor Polis got a lot of a uh, lot of pushback, especially I would argue now during this time where there's so much anxiety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I would, and this being. This industry being a big pull for a lot of people moving to Colorado and wanting to start that business, I I would imagine (laughs) that would be bad. I I actually, in a somewhat related topic, I I wonder in New York City or New Jersey, do you know whether or not you can go to a place where you could could be getting takeout or, or delivery and get take out beer or alcohol? Uh, Yes, that's actually a very interesting question. So I don't know specifically for New Jersey, but I've been looking into this for my own purposes in New York. So uh, New York was known for a very long time and having some of the most uh, strict liquor sales laws in the country, especially when it comes to the regulation of restaurants and bars. So what they have eased the regulations for the duration of this crisis, basically saying, Hey, if it appears on a restaurant menu, you can now order that for takeout. The wow. only real stipulation is that if you want to order alcohol from one of these restaurants, you need to order quote unquote food, <laughs> I think is the <laughs> operative word here. Got it. Which New York State basically classifies food as sandwiches, soups, burritos, were specifically mentioned, and other more hearty fare. <laughs> The idea being, and that's actually been a bit of a cause of consternation because especially, especially New York City is there are many, many bars that Mm -hmm. don't have a kitchen or if they have a kitchen, they only have, they only offer a few small things and can't offer what is New York State is considering food for these purposes. So they can't really deliver that stuff. The the sentence, what New York State considers food is deeply concerning (laughs) to me. Oh, it certainly is. Uh, New York State does not have recreational marijuana, but medicinal marijuana is legal, though I don't believe there are any dispensaries in the state, if I remember correctly. How do you get it then? I think so. It was I think they are still working that out. That was a recent guy. Ah, yes. Do you want it? Do you want it? Do you want his info? No, I'm in Colorado. I'm good. Oh, that's fair. (laughs) Well, it's been very interesting. There's I've also came across several articles. Weed on the black market has taken this whole topsy turvy thing where at the outset of the crisis was selling very well, but it has plummeted over recent weeks because the way Mm. apparently the majority of people get their marijuana in New York is uh, New York City rather is through to these delivery services. And people don't really want, you know, I, that's not really something you can do outside your house and you don't really want to be inviting strangers into your home. So it's been really limiting. Now, to get back yeah. to the main topic here, would you folks care to guess at the other three states that have restricted that do not consider recreational marijuana an essential service? California. 
Uh, no, that their recreational oh. marijuana. There are some restrictions, but recreational marijuana is still largely legal. I'm going to throw Alaska yeah. out there. Alaska, it is still legal. Okay, uh, I'll give uh, I'll give uh, Lowell give you a hint. It's a state that is near and dear to your heart. Massachusetts. I mean, that makes sense. Massachusetts has considered recreational marijuana not an essential service. Illinois yes. has as well. And then here's the little kicker: Nevada also does not consider recreational really? marijuana an essential service, except in Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Yeah. Oh my god! Exactly it. right. Yeah. Uh, Massachusetts, it is legal pretty much only on the books. There's only one place you can even get it. <laughs> the lines are like apparently like two hours long. So that that doesn't strike me as surprising. <laughs> well, look, if you're if you're going to be stuck at home, you got to pass the time somehow. Yep. One of the joys of moving to Colorado is seeing the vast amount of, uh, not sure the word applications, applications that it, you can have. I didn't know that marijuana suppositories were a thing uh, huh. and vaginal suppositories. Apparently huh. it, eases, it eases, uh, menstrual cramps and pain. That doesn't sound comfortable. I mean, probably not, but also just your vagina would just be high. Well, it doesn't sound comfortable initially, but it sounds like after a little bit, it would feel real nice. <laughs> Your vagina would be high sounds like an EDM song. <laughs> <laughs> what what okay. else is there to say about this essential service, David? Well, I'll get, I'll, I'd like us to answer one quick question. And before right. we move on, this is sort of a, a mini section that's come up on this podcast before, which is uh, David tries to solve the minor problems of the world. And that is, <laughs> I frankly don't care for the term bud tender. I think it's a little uncreative. So I would like us all to try to come up with another term for what a knowledgeable person who is trying to sell you marijuana would be called. Uh, uh, so so bud tender oh, is like bartender. Is like bartender. Right, okay. exactly. But then again, usually, usually I call him Omar. Right. But they're but the Omars of the world. And I feel like they need a classification. For instance, uh, my friends who are more into the craft cocktail movement really don't care to call themselves bartenders. They prefer to call themselves mixologists. So I would mm -hmm. like to sort of develop a name for the mixologists of the marijuana world. Also an EDM well, song. Mixologists are the mixologists are those that make sort of specialty cocktails, right? Well, yes. So would, particularly would this be the term for that. someone that that rolls a specialty joint? Or, you know, crafts a specialty weed good? Well, you know, I suppose actually now that I talk about it, mixologist is probably a poor term because that is a very specific uh, skill set. And I'm sure there are people out there that do that. These, I suppose, are more related to uh, sommeliers or a wine yeah. expert or cicerones who are beer experts. So what is yeah. the... Like weed I do, mm -hmm. I, I do have an adverse uh, or, or opposite uh, addition to this to add, as I would like to create a term for those folks, such as my dear sweet innocent self, who have not really any exposure to marijuana. I would like to call them strangers. Yikes. That's cute. Uh, That's cute. But I, I, let me offer none another. None of us have come up with anything wait, better wait, than that, so I can't wait, really criticize no, no, no. you. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Wait a minute, because there is a term that already exists. Nerd. <laughs> I mean, I would like to share with this with this audience that I, I do spend my living making video games, so I, yes. that makes sense. <laughs> I don't actually have any ideas, so when I don't have any ideas, like 
do we do we actually do a Twitter poll? We were supposed to do a Twitter poll once, and I don't I don't think that we set up a Twitter poll. I don't I even think, remember yes, what it was let, for. Then let let this be the first one. I think this is a very important thing for the the for, for for posterity. So you folks playing along at home, please let us know on Twitter. Yes, uh, as to what the future of uh, marijuana terminology and, should be. And for those strangers, don't feel left out. I'm sure your pun game is great and you can add something even if you don't know that much about marijuana, like a nerd like myself. Um, so I would like to move on to there, there are a few things that have really taken over our culture as we've been stuck at home. One being, of course, Tiger King. The other <laughs> thing that has really kind of taken over is Animal Crossing. And I know that you looked into that a bit. Rebecca. Uh, yes. So as I mentioned earlier, for the listeners who don't know me, hi, I'm Rebecca. I'm a video game producer. Um, I have loved games since I was able to get on my dad's computer when I was six. For me, the reason I have loved games is that it's a way to connect with my friends. It's a way to connect with people who are not near me now and often growing up with my dad's job, us moving a lot as kids. The way that I would mostly keep in touch was either was through technology. For those that know a lot about marijuana, more than me. This is, I guess, news to you. Uh, um, there's a series that Nintendo released about, uh, I think it was 19 years ago, 2001 or so, uh, called Animal Crossing. Uh, and the most recent installation in the series is this new game called Animal Crossing New Horizons. You're the only human on this island of all animals. You move into a new town. You run into this uh, divisive landlord figure named Tom Nook. Uh, Leno Lowell has a lot of feelings about this raccoon man. And I will not be sharing them because I know he's listening. <laughs> he's a slumlord. We can just say it. He's, he's not, a slumlord. Thank you. He's not. Okay. Uh, we'll save that for later in the conversation. Basically, it should also be said this- that while you were introing <laughs> Animal Crossing, my girlfriend did get up from the bed to grab her switch and begin playing it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the gist of every Animal Crossing game is you're a human that arrives in a town of all animals. You, Tom Nook, this lovely raccoon dog man, gives you a loan for your house that you then have to pay him back for, which he does not charge interest for. So I don't know why you guys are upset. Because he holds it over your head every second of every day. He doesn't remind you. It's a game that's meant to play in the real, that is synced up with real time as you're playing it. So basically, if you log in at 10 a.m. on a Monday, uh, your your town will also be 10 a.m. on a Monday. Mm-hmm. And it's meant to be played a little bit every day. You, as of recently, in the past, with the advance of technology, you can now visit your friends' islands and towns to see what types of fruits they're growing on their island, how their house is designed, what villagers they have in their community. And the story of Animal Crossing is actually seems very fitting of the reason for its creation was the designer, uh, Kitsuya Iguchi. In 1986, he moved to from Chiba, which is a prefecture outside of Tokyo, to Kyoto. He desperately missed his family and friends having lived in Chiba his whole life and wanted something, a way to connect with his family. Some were not as game literate as other parts of his family could then play together and experience. And the heart and soul of Animal Crossing is friendship, community, and togetherness. A lot of very interesting usages for this new installment, Animal Crossing New Horizons, which is now on the Switch, have taken over different news stories. There's a couple who their wedding was canceled in in the real world, so they held it at Animal Crossing. Oh, that's yeah. cute. It was really cute. Uh, a lot of my friends who now that I've moved away from Lola and now living in Colorado... 
we go to each other's islands. We see what fruit the other has picked. Or Is that what the kids growing. are calling it? Uh, yes. The nerds call it fruit. Uh, <laughs> it's a way for people to connect in an otherwise lonely, isolating area. What Kitsuya said about the creation of Animal Crossing is he really wanted a way for anyone or any kind of connection to be accessible to any either skill, physical ability, or understanding of player. It's a very simple, you know, kind of a direct opposite to the Rise and Tiger King. I think the reason a lot of people are now playing Animal Crossing and excited to see what folks are doing on their islands is because it gives us the same routine of very small caring for your environment, checking in on your friends, the villagers that are in your town, paying off bits of your loan to a very reasonable landlord. I understand he <laughs> controls the entire economy. He's he has not a monopoly. He's not charging interest. That he tells you. I have another Tom Nook question. Yes. Because I am totally new to this whole, the whole franchise of this game. Yes. So you say that you can go around and visit other people's islands. Yes. Can you, do they, does, so does everyone have a Tom Nook? Yes. Yes. So is this like a Nurse Joy situation where she like, there's just a mm. lot of sisters? Or That's is it like... Impression. He's yeah. just really, does he like have like a boat and he's just super fast at traveling around? Can I visit someone else's Tom Nook? Well, it's possible that he just gets in the plane with you when you fly to their island. Now, so he's just like always hanging out. Cracked yeah. actually do, did an article this week about how <laughs> if you have, if you're playing, if multiple people have an island in on the same Switch console... It effectively mm -hmm. turns Tom Nook into a god. <laughs> Go on. Be because of exactly what you've just said. It's <laughs> it, it is this one person who can apparently warp between long distances and controls the entire economy. Yes, he's he's a despot. He's he's not. <laughs> I think Nintendo is actually very aware that there is this cult following of people that just hate the institution <laughs> that Tom Nook represents. So they've made a very conscious effort to change the wording in his communications about debt or owing. He's very explicit. I don't know if you've read the text, Wool, but he uh -huh. says, feel free to pay back at your own time. There is no rush, there is no requirement, and there is no interest. I guess then it gets into your inherent problem with that the idea of- even more suspicious. Why isn't he charging interest? It's a sexual thing. <laughs> You're familiar with financial domination? Not as a kink, but I would love to hear more about your personal life. Oh, no, thank I, I, I don't have enough money to uh, uh, for, for, for that to be a thing. But no, well, if on another really fantastic podcast called The Savage Love Cast, uh, where Dan Savage, yeah. famed mm -hmm. relationship and sexual advice columnist, answers users' questions, one of these weird, one of these recurring questions that are very unusually common kink especially these days are is it's usually men in the financial banking world people who have a lot of money who want to be financial who want who want somebody to be financially dominant over them with the ability to mm -hmm. ruin them at a moment's instant mm. and that's kind of what happens with tom nook here right i mean he's just giving you this island it's this withholding I can't express how good this game is for the furry community. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I Animal Crossing has been a savior, I guess, in this time. And a lot of good game design 
if you're doing it right, in my opinion, is uh, the designer's intent and wish for the feeling that you're playing. And with uh, Kitsuya Iguchi, he made this game because he was feeling lonely, having moved away from his family and friends, and wanted in a very easy way for folks of different experience, accessibility, backgrounds to be able to, at their own leisure and without any pressure, be able to experience creation and community together. And I think that's really resonated with a lot of people, especially myself during yeah. this time where I am very extroverted and need a lot of uh, social connections. Lowell is the exact opposite and has been fine and dandy, <laughs> just uh, ignoring the world. I, I do think we need to wrap up this yes, section because gotcha. it's getting a little long. But uh, I do want to list off the other weird things that I found online people doing. From, from least weird to most weird, I'll try to go. Animal shelters have had a huge spike in adoptions. Mm -hmm. I volunteer with a rescue still in New York City called Muddy Paws Rescue NYC, and we received 900 new foster applications within a week. Wow. That's amazing. On the other hand, there's a woman in Tampa, in Florida, who is self-isolating with a bunch of rescued ducks. Um, interesting. Including one duck that is in a wheelchair. Aww. So that's an interesting thing that's to do. Excellent. Shouldn't it be a wing chair? I, I saw a story about a zoo in Cornwall in England where the four zookeepers have been self-isolating at the zoo so that they can still care for the animals. Oh, that's great. Another uh, animal related story is that there are many people around the country and I think maybe around the world who have been started building picnic tables for squirrels oh, and nailing huh. them to their fences and putting a little bit of a little bit of nuts and other things on the picnic table and just watching the, the squirrels uh, eat. eat. <laughs> Eat on these tiny picnic tables. So far, these are all uh, adorable and nothing's weird. Yeah. And, well, uh, you know, weird or adorable. What's the difference? A lot of things. <laughs> the final thing is uh, also adorable, but, uh, you know, a little bit similar to what Rebecca said. There are a lot of weddings that were planned for these months mm -hmm. and uh, people are doing different things to address that. One couple made cardboard cutouts of all of their guests and put them in the pews and got married with just a webcam and the person who was officiating. That's Getting excellent. weirder. That's excellent. But yeah, no, that's 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 actually all of them. So I guess a little bit weirder. <laughs> okay, I was um, waiting for people to like truly be losing it, but I guess we're only a few weeks in. Yeah. Maybe come maybe come the end of April, we may start seeing <laughs> some people truly losing their minds. Yeah. But uh, I think with that, I think that we need to, to take a little break. Hello, and welcome to the middle section of I Read the News Today, Oh Boy. This is the section where I thank you for listening. I also, in this section, ask you to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And I will additionally say we have a Twitter at News oh Boy, where you can send us articles as well as anything that is keeping you sane and laughing during these very strange times. In addition, we have an email address, newsoboy at gmail.com, where we would love to get messages from you about how you think the show is going so far and any thoughts on the balance we're trying to weave between humor and information, especially during this time of coronavirus, please let us know if 
you want us to keep it light or if you would prefer us to get a little bit more depth in the news. Meanwhile, I would really like to use this time to say thank you to Rebecca for joining us in this podcast. I was very glad to have her in the episode. Of course, we are spending a lot of time together at the moment since we are quarantined together, but it was wonderful to have her perspective in all of this. As always, I want to leave you with one last thank you, as I do in every middle section. This has been your middle section. Enjoy the rest of the show. And we're back. We are going to be talking about some weirder news. It is still somewhat related, but uh, I, I, I thought that this was a pretty good topic for right now. Who wants to read that, that headline? I'll take care of that. Is oh, it not well, getting there? So I don't see Mine the I don't see there. the headline, but I am looking at a very dramatically lit roll of toilet paper <laughs> uh, from the National Geographic. Yeah, is that so headline not is, coming up? What did people do before toilet paper? History shows it's been around for a long time, and we've proje- and that we've projected our anxieties on its supply before, and now it's behind a paywall. So take it away, lol. What's this all about? Uh, so this is an article published by National Geographic, written by Aaron Blakemore. In, in fact, it was published today about what people did before we had toilet paper. And it's actually kind of interesting. What I didn't know was that most of the things that we know that people used involved a stick. Hmm. Ancient Romans. Mm-hmm. We have knowledge of something called a tersorium, yep. which was a stick with a with a kind of sponge at the end <laughs> that people, you know, kind of kind of rub behind them. There's also the Greeks and Romans used something called pesoi, uh-huh. which were like broken, broken pots. Ah, oh, they scrape their poop oh. out with broken, with broken pots, which I found Yikes. very uncomfortable. Deeply unpleasant. Yes. Yep. You you heard um, my totally natural in the moment reaction to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and actually on the Silk Road in in, uh, in China, there have been found what have been referred to as hygiene sticks, which are sticks with <laughs> bits of cloth wrapped around them. Oh, that were also used in the context of the latrine, as it says. Why does it have to be connected to a stick at all? I don't know. Why not just use... Well, I guess... Well, actually, I have an idea on that. People probably didn't really do much hand washing. That that tracks for me. So the stick helped uh, keep it away from your hands. Okay, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, would, I would be no, willing that to sense. accept that, that, that is the reason. It is not... A good enough reason for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so okay, so what would you? What, what what's your what's your proposal to these ancient Romans? I would. What do they get? I wrong? would splash around in a river for a so little. You can bit. only poop near a river. I if I if mean, I can if I can rant for a second about this. Why it doesn't everyone use a bidet? It's insane. It's a me. good question. It's crazy. It, it's it's a, crazy that we still put paper up our ass. I, I agree. I reckon I was talking about this right before um, my studio shut down for remote. Um, I was talking to a couple of artists that I manage about this. Of it, just make like you can buy a bidet on Amazon for like thirty five bucks, forty bucks right now, and you're, you're no more lines, 
No more of the wastefulness of the paper. It just makes sense. Okay, well, I'm going to push back here momentarily Mm -hmm. as someone on the other side of this issue. Uh, Because somebody has to stand up to the for for the downtrodden, the oppressed, the ticklish people of this world who uh, don't have the like steel reinforced posteriors. Some folks seem to have Uh, some of us are more delicate. How much more is your ass being tickled by water than paper? Yeah, that's a good question. And also, David, what experience have you had with a bidet? Several. Several. Have uh, they had have they had the ability to adjust the pressure and or temperature? Yes, and it only <laughs> slightly varies. <sighs> you got. I don't. I okay. All right. I, you got to train. Got to train your butt. I'll have you know, my aunt had a bidet. Uh, not my aunt. My great aunt had a separate bidet in her bathroom that uh, they never used. They only let the dog drink out of it. <laughs> what? Huh? So, I mean, it was... So that was my introduction to what those were for. That's that's interesting. That is interesting. Um, so, David, hard choice here. Bidet mm-hmm. or piece of ceramic? I think well, it depends. It shouldn't! <laughs> it shouldn't! <laughs> it shouldn't! The ceramic in this scenario is disposable, correct? Uh, I don't think that it was. I think they just washed them. Ew, yeah, that, doesn't get, I, can't, I can't get behind that or rather I can't let that get behind me <laughs> but I so I would I while I would choose the bidet I do so with great trepidation okay I'm not happy about this choice <laughs> David I just beautify want that to be whole and you will beautify your soul what about cloth on a stick <laughs> I, could see, I, I could get in behind I could get in front of cloth behind us cloth on a stick I think it can get behind you as well, David. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Thank you. Thank you. He made that joke already. It's the second time that joke's been made. You know what? <laughs> just 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 reiterating it for the for the for the folks that didn't hear. David, okay. it can be, it can get behind you. <laughs> it was it was it was better that time. Uh, he was right was, to do that. So good. Yes. If you do find yourself with a ton of toilet paper because you stocked up on it. Go donate it. Thank you. This has been a PSA from Lowell. Um, there's there's no need to have too much toilet paper right now. That has been our little what did people used to use before toilet paper adventure. I wish it was somebody's job. Like, I'm sure that was it. Like- <laughs> the butt wiper. The butt- <laughs> You have very soft hands. Please scrape my poop out of my bus. See, that seems more... I am more amenable to that than I am to a bidet. In this economy? In this economy? (laughs) Anyway. Aiden, you had some old news. Yes, um, I in your Wikipedia. So I have two Wikipedias for us to go over. The first one. Should I open the second one first or the first one first? Do the first one first. And this is... um, it's sort of tangentially quarantine related because I think we're probably going to be all eating this very soon. Uh-huh. Huh. So uh-huh. what do, what do we more. see here? Interesting. Uh, uh, I see a Wikipedia uh, page entitled Toast Sandwich. All right. I also see not to be confused with Toasted Sandwich. No. I also see that it is the place of origin is the United Kingdom. Oh. Which 
that so, that hits me as just at, correct. <laughs> <laughs> the final thing that I see before really diving into too much is a picture of three slices of bread. <laughs> well, no, actually, well, you see one slice of bread, one slice of toast, and then another slice of bread at the bottom. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank yes. you. That is that is accurate. That is a visual description of the photograph. This is horrifying. Aiden, would you care to take us through the history? So a toast sandwich is a sandwich made with two slices of bread in which the filling is a thin slice of toasted bread, which can be heavily buttered. An 1861 recipe says to add salt and pepper to taste. Um, <laughs> the British do such crazy things with sandwiches. Well, do you remember my first like, meal in London? Yes, I do. The the fry buddy, the, the chip, chip buddy, buddy. Excuse, excuse me, buddy, excuse me. Of which course, I got because it was the only thing on the menu that I didn't know what it was. Do you have any guesses as to what a chip buddy might be? It sounds like maybe like a chip, like a French fry. It sandwich. was a French fry yes. sandwich. Oh, very good, very good. We did not well, know that. <laughs> well, I would imagine like buddy feels like a very uh, a folksy nice comforting word, which which a sandwich is always a good comfort for me. That was there. That was the description of the dictionary, <laughs> the language of origin. It's Rebecca's opinion about sandwiches. Absolutely. Yes. So they, they like to put a, a lot of starchy things in between starchy things. That sounds like a good day. <laughs> um, is what, what else do we need to know about this? Aiden? So the I believe this is the recipe that they were referring to. The 1861 recipe listed in the invalid cookery section of the um, 1861 <laughs> book of household management by Isabella Beaton. What do they mean by invalid cookery? Cookery for invalids. Not OK. Not what I thought. What did you think? No. Cookery of. Oh, 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 <laughs> the the link there leads to diets followed for medical reasons. What is the invalid diet, though? I think it's any of these, like any diet that, you know, if you're, oh. if you're ill, but like, you follow. So if you have celiac disease, this is definitely something you want it's, to be it's basic. It's effectively poison. Okay. <laughs> it's effectively the celiac killer. Of 1861. It's so Aiden, please continue. So Isabella yes. Beaton adds, um, Isabella Beaton, who wrote the invalid cookery section of the 1861 book of household management adds, quote, this sandwich may be varied by adding a little pulled meat or very fine slices of cold meat to the toast. And in any of these forms will be found very tempting to the appetite of an invalid. Mm. So it's like the Good. world's smallest Dagwood is what you're saying. Yes. What's a Dagwood? I, I know I'm no. aware of Dagwoods, but what is actually in the Dagwood? It's a Dagwood is just any multi-layered sandwich, oh, usually right. topped the, with an olive, right, based right, off right, right, exactly right. the Blondie this, this, comic. But doesn't the fact that it's small preclude it from being a Dagwood? Well, but it has multiple layers. I'm calling it the world's smallest Dagwood. Okay. <laughs> well, that that would just be a sandwich. Is the world no? Because this has three slices. Because this is three different slices of bread or toast separating the layers. Okay, okay. I almost got you there. I almost got you. I heard you almost saying three slices of bread, and I almost got you and said that one of them is toast. That's true. So, what is the difference between toast and bread? Well, how much? How much do you have to toast bread before when it becomes toast? Enough. You, I would say for the smallest increment of time possible. It, it just has to have made contact with a toaster that is plugged in and on. So it doesn't have to like have some some uh, some scorching to the 
the surface of the it, bread? Because it I think can, but it doesn't have to have scorching. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I am reading the U.S. media coverage of this sandwich, Aiden. Unless you wanted no, to cover please that do. as well. Yes, that was our next stop. Uh, the AV Club's Mike Vago described it as an extravagance of blandness, which was also the uh, tagline on my Tinder profile when Lola and I met. <laughs> Very exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, uh, the Dadaists didn't invent any more sandwiches after that. Oh, this is Dadaist <laughs> sandwiches. Is this, it, this isn't actually Dadaist. This is not 1861. Well, it's that it's it's that's some artistic liberty taken on behalf of the AV Club. I I know. And there, this does invite uh, the last bit of this uh, a popular debate that I have spun against many of my friends. It questions the essence of a sandwich and language both. So it redefines what a sandwich means. So. In other words, it's just two pieces, two main pieces with a filling and the filling could be the same piece. Now, is this more <laughs> or less of a sandwich than the KFC double that? I would say that's like the textbook definition of a good sandwich. What is the KFC the double down? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is, is having bread as a filling more sandwichy than having chicken as a as a as a bread. What? That's no I, no I I get what you're I get what you're getting at, Lowell, and that is yes. That's that's a mind-bendingly good question, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> um I do like if we look at the um Heston Blumenthal section, there is a sort of high cuisine recipe for the toast sandwich. Oh, oh goodness. Oh wow, this is this actually looks well, that's, interesting. That doesn't sound like a toast. Uh, uh, in Hessen Blumenthal's restaurant, The Fat Duck, he had several toast, 12 <laughs> toast sandwiches uh, in a Mad Hatter's Tea Party inspired meal. His recipe for the toast sandwich involved bone marrow salad, egg yolk, mustard, gastrique, mayonnaise, and tomato ketchup. Huh. Which. Honestly, that's starting to sound like something palatable. That's a three-layer sandwich. That's not... I don't know if that would be a toast sandwich. No, I'm pretty sure... If if, if you look at the picture, I'm pretty sure that the toast is like... like, It looks like a chicken cutlet. Yeah, but it is toast, and it is is doused in all of these these uh ingredients and then it is put between the two pieces of bread yeah so it yeah it, it kind of just sucks in all of those other things the toast becomes like that the center meat filling whatever kind of in between that you want for a and sandwich. if we go back Makes to sense. the victorian recipe for the toast sandwich you can add a little cold yeah. meat or very fine slices of cold meat and it still is a toast sandwich. So uh, when is it not a toast sandwich? What's the fine line? Well, when you don't have any toast in between two pieces of bread. But then is like, you know, is, is, a, is, is, a, is a classic dab. Yeah. What's the difference between a club sandwich and yeah. a toast sandwich? Is it perhaps it's that the contents of the sandwich can't outweigh that piece of toast in the center? I feel like I could that's, be comfortable with that. That's possible. I think that it could also be that the bread in the middle is toasted, and yet the bread on the outside is not. I'm comfortable with that. That's interesting. I can yeah. do that. I have one clarifying question, though. Yes. Please. If I have a stack of pancakes, and three, a nice three stack, and one of the pancakes is burnt. Mm-hmm. Is it a toast sandwich? Yeah. Excellent. 
I don't mm. think it is because by my definition of toast earlier, none, nothing in that sandwich is toast because it, unless you've let, made the pancakes in a toaster. Let me, let me, yeah, let me clarify. If I have some frozen, like silver, silver dollar pancakes and cook them, in, cook two of them in the, to- or one of them in the toaster and the other two I put on, on a griddle. Mm-hmm. And put, does that could that be used to make a in that sandwich? situation? I would argue you have not made pancakes; you have reheated them. Therefore, mm. it's not toast. Mm. Uh, okay, that's fair. I think so. One one thing that I had missed up until now, and I, I do think that we need to go into very quickly. In November 2011, the toast sandwich was recreated by the Royal Society of Chemistry in a tasting almost 150 years after the release of the original book. They sought to revive the forgotten dish in the wake of the Great Recession after calculating the cost as low as 7.5 pence per sandwich. They named it the country's most economical lunch, offering 200 pounds to whoever could create a cheaper meal. Wow. I don't believe that that's lunch. Uh, yeah, lunch is strong, a strong term on this. Well, then what defines lunch? Ooh. It's a very I, I good have a question. Clarifying question. I don't think we I don't think we have time to go into it today. <laughs> I'll save that for the next Wikipedia page. <laughs> but uh, Aiden, you actually had another Wikipedia article that you wanted us to very quickly go through. Yeah, just really quickly, if someone could hover over number two for me and tell me what they say. Uh, Rebecca, do you want to take this one? Yeah, sure. I, I think this one goes to her. Great. Uh, so it's it appears to be someone's name, and his name is Arga, Argel Fux. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's all I have. Who is this so guy? So Argel Fux is a um, former professional uh, uh brazilian former professional football player and really we can skip over his entire playing career because there's nothing particularly interesting there i'd like to go to the surname section there because really what i wanted to do here was kind of get us a little bit more into the news than we've been covering in the past couple of episodes um so i have a couple of headlines here in the surname section if someone would like to read mm-hmm. i'll take i'll okay. continue this some of Argyle's fame stemmed from his surname, which surprising, which can, which coincided with the form of the English word "fuck." This led some double entendre headlines, including one from Eurosport.com titled "Fucks Off to Beneficia." This headline, <laughs> this headline received press coverage itself with the Register calling it snappy and eye-catching, and football humor site Laugh FC deeming it one of the all-time greats. So we're going to go into our final headline uh, shortly. I just kind of I, I wanted to sort of orient us there in a certain way with fucks off to Beneficia. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very good. Well, I, I do think that that wraps it up for uh, this episode. I think so. Uh, as always, thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, David, would you like to read that final headline? Uh, yes, I would. From the New York Daily News, NYC alternate side parking suspended through mid-April to help stop coronavirus spread. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> Anyway, I have been Lowell. And I'm David. And I've been Aiden. And I have also been Rebecca. Thank you so much for listening and keep safe in these strange times. Glad we could all get together.
John Cameron Swayze of NBC. I did a sweet one this week. <laughs> what? 